You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. The miracle of modern technology, Sid Talk. I have a keyboard. You sneaked up on me. I have a keyboard that can be made any colour under the sun. Mmm... 256,000 colors of an overstatement. It is the backlighting to the keys. Your keyboard doesn't magically change colors as the horse of a different color does in the movie Wizard no. of Oz. But I was just, uh, I, I change the color every week. It's a cool keyboard. It's by Razer. The lighting. Yeah, it has, yeah, yeah. It has under lighting underneath the keys and it also has lighting underneath the keyboard that shines is on the desk. Is this a commercial? No. Thank God. But. Thank the gods. I should say. I bought this keyboard last year, and um, you can change the colour to any colour you want. You can use the Windows sliders and change the RGB values of the keyboard. It's fantastic. I, I didn't think I'd change it, but you know, when you get fed up of the colour, yes, you just change absolutely. it. It is cool. It's a Who cool... would be the gods of anti-advertising, do you reckon? <laughs> uh, I don't think there are any. Brainwashiest? <laughs> The almighty brainwashiest is the god of advertising. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with this. I'm just saying, it sounded like a commercial you were given for that keyboard. Yeah, I wasn't giving it. It was, it, you know, when we used Like to, you were sneaking it in on everyone, but you're actually not. You're just, you're, we were, that was our before we the after ta- the show that's discussion. That's why I'm talking about it. Is the keyboard. You asked me what colors we sh- you should have, and I said, uh, it shouldn't matter to me, because I'm not the one using Orange it. and green we have today. Those are my so. colors, yeah. So yeah, a keyboard that you can change the color. When you get bored of it, I change the color, and it's like I'm on a new keyboard. It's cool. So, the um, what, what what are we listening to here? It's after the show. <laughs> it's uh, episode 216. You and it's, I are not listening to it. Someone else is listening to it. Well, I'm talking to the people. I'm listening to you. I'm talking to the people, not you. <laughs> So what are we listening to here? We're listening to after the show. It's it's number two hundred and sixteen. Where it's Saturday, March the wow. twenty. It's Saturday, March the twenty fourth, two thousand and twelve. And the movie we're looking at this week is Immortals on Blu-ray. It's a two thousand and eleven movie released on Blu-ray on the sixth of March, two thousand and twelve. It's rated R. The tagline is the worst tagline I've ever heard. From the producers of Three Hundred is the tagline. <laughs> From the It'll producer. go down in history. From the producers of 300. It's from our friends at Fox. Who, uh, we've got the Blu-ray. It's the Blu-ray digital copy version, not the 3D version. It is available in a 3D version, but we chose oh, to... Oh, so you can't even watch it on your... So we chose to watch the 2D version, and uh, you're going to give us the synopsis of this movie. Theseus, chosen by the gods to fight for the humans. Her- heroin? What's his name? Herculine, Horaline, whatever, the king guy, the bad guy. Hyperion. Uh, Hyperion wants to uh, basically thwart the gods he doesn't believe in and uh, rule all of mankind by being very, very bad. And Theseus is chosen throughout his life, blah, blah, blah. We need some good versus evil. There's a woman involved, a couple of women. Taylor's oldest time. (laughs) 
Beauty and the Beast. It applies to any movie, that actually. <laughs> could, could have that in any movie. There weren't a lot of... There's no relationship between any beauties and beasts There's in this beauties movie. And we beasts. have lots of beauties. And beasts. Only bad people are beasts, and all the good people are beautiful. Yes. This is a little annoying, but I got over it after a while. Um, but that's it, really. It's about the gods and mankind. It's a Greek and- mythology tale told in a... Well, presented in a different way. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't... The director was going on about how we were saying how different uh, this the is. The telling of it is, but it's not. I but mean, I just think visually it's different. Um, I was going to say, Zeus existed, and this is a story about Zeus, but he didn't exist. No, but I mean... The myth of Zeus Exactly. Existed. I don't know that he didn't change it, because I don't know the stories very well. Well, However, no, it is ch- It's not... It doesn't follow The it. limited it's stuff take. that I know, this is pretty... In line with it, basically. The Minotaur isn't a actual, you know, but whatever. <laughs> no, I, 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 I like that presentation. Mm-hmm. The, so anyway, moving on to the movie, Immortals. Um, saw the trailer for it um, last year, I think, in the theatres. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, I did. When we went to see something in 3D, they showed the trailer at the, at the beginning. It's probably Transformers. Um so I knew a little bit about it. I got excited because I like anything about mythology stuff. And I knew it was from the producers of 300, and I knew the director, and I knew it was going to have a distinct visual style, which it does. Um, now, my opinion of the movie, I'm a bit, like, on both sides of the fence with it. It's not a perfect movie for no, me. No, no. Um, I, I enjoy... A movie that we saw about mythology um, last year was uh, Clash of the Titans. I like this quite a bit more than that because okay. of its more serious take. Now, this isn't like a... It's not It's not got a sense of humour or anything like that. It's more of a straight-up serious kind of weird take on um, Greek mythology. Uh, and its focus really is on visuals. Because I think the story is secondary to the visuals almost in this movie. Because the story is really basic. It's really basic. The visuals make it stand higher than it actually is. If, if that story wasn't presented in this way, I think we would have said... I disagree with you. Like Clash of the Titans. Well, you, you can, when we come to you. Um, <laughs> well, let me raise my hand until it's my turn. I actually think that... Um, this story is better because of the director presenting it this way visually, which uh, I just watched an interview with him on YouTube, and he said he wanted it all to look like a Renaissance painting, um, which it does. If This is something I thought about when we were watching it. If this movie was thousands of still images, which it actually is, <laughs> it's just it, they're just actually being run through a, a camera. They are still images, right? But if it was presented to you in a still image kind of way, like slideshow, like, yes, every single one would look amazing. Because, much. Because his composition, you can tell he thinks every single detail in every frame. And it's not a highly detailed movie, uh, as in like True. a David Fincher where there's tons of detail. It's what there is on the screen is presented in a really The characters are the star way. of every scene, really. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like oh these sets are amazing. There's millions of things in the in the picture because there isn't. It's really stark and but it's the lighting and the his sensibility because he also did the cell. And if you watch the cell, 
once you're into that dreamy world in the cell. Everything is also presented that way. Um, he has this distinct style, which to me elevated this movie. I think if it wasn't him and it was just a straight up, let's tell this story, what's in here. I don't think it would be as good. I think I'd have felt more like what I felt about Clash of the Titans. It's all, you know, it's special effects and it's... Flash over substance. Yeah, like that. Now, this is a lot of flash, obviously, right? Because everything is dripping with flash. But it's a good mixture of this very basic story and this, you know. Now, there's things that were wrong with it for me. And one of the things was, one of the main plot things in, one of the main plot strings <laughs> is this bow. This, like, you know, a mm-hmm. mythical bow that can defeat anything. We get, that mythical bow appears at some point, but it's really underused. I was like, okay, now we've got this bow. This is going to be awesome. But they don't, they fire it a couple of times. Like, it, it, it seemed a missed opportunity to me of showing even more interesting But visual. then you would have said, uh... Gavel, we get it. You're shooting well, a bow that could. There's a there's a difference between we get it and me feeling like I want more of it. Like you could overdo it also, mm-hmm. but I don't. I think they underdid it. Um, if you had to choose over or under, I'd rather choose under. Yeah, there's also a balance, isn't there, where mm-hmm. you feel satisfied too. So I didn't in that case, but I felt really satisfied by Mickey Rock's performance as this body, even though. I'm not sure he knew what film he was in sometimes. It's kind of a bit odd, his performance. It's a little Apocalypse Now kind of thing there yeah. at points. Like, no? like, this movie requires a lot of imagination on the part of an actor um, because it's a green screen extravaganza, right? Even though in the extras we do learn about mm-hmm. some new techniques. But it does employ a lot of, like, there's a mountain and you're stood in this very massive place. Mickey Rock... Um, yeah, but he doesn't. He was never really playing to anything that wasn't there. While I was in, while he was imposing, sometimes I just felt like he was out of character. Sometimes, it, like he didn't always carry it off. But when he did, he, he did it well. Um, and I like that the heroes of the piece and stuff are people that I don't. I'm not really that familiar with. I really enjoyed that too. You know, instead of mm-hmm. the Hollywood staples that you could have thrown in there. I liked that too. But it's a bit of an uneven movie for me because there were parts of it in the middle where I was actually kind of bored of it. Like like I'd kind of been saturated by these visuals and I don't usually get bored with fight scenes. And there were some boring fight scenes in this, I thought. Like, they did overdo the fight scenes a little bit a little on bit. occasion. Like not, the, like, not the... Near the end, that one was really good. Yeah, that was really good. But there were fight scenes where I was kind of like, okay, I get the idea of this. You can move on now. And I know 300's full of that too. And mm-hmm. the, the, obviously this, they were by the producers of 300. And even the director mentioned 300 a couple of times. So he's, he was obviously inspired by that. Um, but I liked the movie. It's just not like, a, like something from last year, which I love, was Sucker Punch. It's just not something that's going to stay with me, I don't think. Even you want though to watch I watch over and over, and no, even though out, I will remember, you walk out, and two minutes later, you want to want put to it back it on again. again. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that for me, but I do appreciate this director's style, and I really like how things look in this movie, especially that opening scene with that cube. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I, I was like, I was like, okay. This is like, we, we've never seen this on film. This is a unique thing, right? 
You've never seen this in in this way, like. Did you know what it was? No, I didn't even know what it was. No, and that's what's right. cool. It's like the cell, like when we saw the cell and the town and the side of the cliff, things like There's that. There's a lot just... of stuff in it where where you say where I you love can it. say. I've not seen this in a movie. This is presented to me differently. Somebody's really got an eye for something, which is this guy, and it's that's what I like about it. I don't think the acting's top notch. I think the acting's actually semi poor on, on occasion. And I also think sword and sandal kind of movies. <laughs> Um, Sword and shield and They're sandal. actually kind of ridiculous in, in a way. And if you don't do it just right, it can come across really campy. We need a really serious, well-made... Gladiator. True, but even that was a bit grandiose. I mean, he is grandiose, yeah, isn't he? Just a real gritty, down and dirty, not, you know... Master Hero versus Master Evil, and everyone's melodramatic, and it's all Greek. You know, this sort of... I mean, like, a, just a, a movie, really good, set in the time, but not necessarily of the time. It doesn't have to be. Just a story told then. It doesn't have to have any popular names or anything that we know in history. Just set it in the time. I want to see life in that time. Not a Hollywood version, even though it would be, but something, you know... I don't know how that, that's possible. Is it my turn now? For my well, there turn? is a fine line in Sword and Sandal movies. That's what This is what I was getting at. Between it being good and it being really campy. Almost like, you know, the it, it just... Prince of Persia is really campy and it's Sword and Sandals. Yeah, or even campier than that, I'm thinking. Like like, 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 like you can go way way too far like, uh, like Monty Python and the Holy Grail or something like that where it's like... Mm, there's a lot of distance between... Bigger stickers... You know, like the Roman Emperor and stuff. Like, it can get really... And this, on occasion, with the outfits and some people delivering some bad light, on occasion I was sucked out of it because of that. Like, yeah. And I was like, okay, we're verging on cheesiness. And then, then miraculously, the director did something awesome visually and I was like, okay, I'm back in again. That's good. So, yeah. This doesn't have the best acting. That's what I'm getting at. Mm. So you have to, like kind of just dismiss that a little bit. Even somebody who's like a really acclaimed actor, like John Hurt, who is in this movie, kind of borders on cheesy. Sure. For me. I don't know if they were supposed to, and that's what he wanted, but it, that was what was pulling well, me out slightly. these are, in essence, theatrical tales. Yeah. These are stories that have been told on stages for 2,000 years, right? Yeah, but that Slaves doesn't have to mean cheesy. No, I don't, that's what I'm saying. And he is one of those actors who's probably studied it. And the way he did a couple of moments was more as if he was doing a little tiny monologue to an audience of people sitting right in front of him. And you, that's what pulls me out sometimes. He's not in that scene. He's, there's, I'm in the fourth wall and he knows he's talking at me and, I and think, not at the I think a lot of these to. films are guilty of that. Because yeah. Clash of the Titans, Liam Neeson, and uh, people in that were... It, that was what was wrong with it. We, I think we yeah. probably said on this podcast, it's just really kind of... It's like watching Flash Gordon yeah. right? and not accepting... And Flash Gordon's and not, got and, tongue in cheek, And right? adding too much serious yeah. when you should have just, like, pick one or the other. Because Flash Gordon knows. I think this one does a good job, though, of... There's a couple of one-liners... Stephen Dorff guy is the guy who's just like, 
what I would imagine. Not everyone in 2,000 years ago would have been like a serious, hardcore, struggling, you know, it, not everyone is like a... He's pretty humorless, this dude. movie, though. Right, but he's the only element it's of really working class, semi-dickhead, one-liners, hitting on the chicks in a cheesy way, but very tiny amount, and I, I was okay with it. Whereas last week, we had the cheesy guy... Who I freaking and that movie it. was tongue in cheek. Absolutely, now, but he knew it, right? Yeah, and that's the difference. But you this can be doesn't... cheesy if you if you're saying immediately, like Free Musketeer. This movie said. isn't cheapened in any way. I don't think. To me, it isn't. Anyway. I just think there was certain times where the like if there was a, a gauge, like a level, and it was a cheese cheese level. The cheese level was <laughs> it was going. But into I don't the feel cheese. like this director's going for no. high qual. I think he's going for economics. First of all, be economical with your performance. We want to do it in one or two takes. Let's get on with it. Like, you mentioned that a couple times. And you can feel that. When you say a scene, someone's kind of cheesy. It's almost as if, you know how you see extras or deleted scenes or goofs up, right? And a person says their lines, and then half a second later, they, like, roll their eyes and put their head down and go, like, oh, my God, that was so stupid. You can imagine this was the take they used. They just trimmed off the moment when the actor was going, oh, can I please have another shot at that? But they didn't get another shot. That's what it felt like. Now, me, overall, I disagree about the story being basic. It's not any more basic to me than any other tale. It is good versus evil. And, in fact, it adds a layer of complication to me because I'm struggling in the back of my brain to dig up (laughs) what I think I know about this kind of mythology. Oh, that's is that the is that the guy? Is that supposed to be the Minotaur? Is that and Zeus is the father of her, or is he the father of them all? And I'm I'm trying to overcomplicate it. So to me, it's not a basic story at all. It's a hero story, just like Gladiator. It's the same story. Yeah, it's a rise up story. Yeah. Absolutely. So to say that the story is nothing, and the visuals are the big star. Well, what about Gladiator? You still you rather Gladiator is a bit of both actually. Yeah, it has blood. more meat on the bones, I think. You know, but what? The story is the same. You've got a horrible, tyrannical it is, but the way it's leader coming to written. power in a very horrific way. You've got a guy who's down and out because his family's been murdered. You've got the politics of the day that are interfering. And oh, the only thing you don't have in Gladiator is magic powers and gods coming around. Which you could say cheapens it because this director does display the gods with the... Golden outfits and the the ethereal like Clash of the Titans is almost like also if you let it it can cheapen it for you because when you're in 300 it skirts the line of the costuming but you still feel there's some guts to it you know what I mean whereas this one as soon as you see them standing in they're very tight and they're very ripped and they're painted on six packs and all that kind of stuff which some people had to have them painted on and the females with the max factor makeup yes and and they're all shiny oiled up and shit now I kept thinking you would probably be thinking oh I bet everybody smells bad (laughs) because everybody looks really sweaty and dirty all the time And we only see, like, two little bowls of water ever. So I was thinking, oh, there's a lot of body odor going on several thousand not, years not ago. Not dirty enough, though, for me. Like, it felt a bit too pristine in yeah. parts, yeah. Kind of like the girl in... Um, no offense to your friend who wrote... Not your friend, but the dude you like who wrote Book of Eli. But the girl... Who's Mila ended up? Kunis. Yeah, the girl who's ended up. Yeah, she's super. She's perfect, super perfect, and yeah, everyone else yeah. is like post-apocalyptic, horrible. There's dirty a bit of that going on in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that, and you know, sometimes I'm not saying all the time, you feel the green screens. 
Occasionally, yeah. Like... I know what you're saying. Like, it feels synthetic. A little... Yeah, even though the director says, oh yeah, try and do a lot of real sets, it feels synthetic. You can tell people are in a scene just looking at nothing and stuff. There was a bit of that, and that kind of shakes me a little bit. Because you... For some reason, you've... You know, we've seen enough films now that Mm -hmm. it kind of pokes out at you, doesn't it, if that kind of thing starts to happen. And it doesn't need to happen because we've seen many movies, Avatar to (laughs) one of them, where it doesn't feel synthetic even though it completely is, like... 100%. But then, you know, the other day I was on my computer and I watched Star Wars Episode 1 and... The te- when he said about the technology coming mm-hmm. uh, a fluff, when Even you watch Star Wars Episode 1, it looks like people are looking at nothing. There's a lot of and that And that was staring. just a few years ago. Ten years ago? Or do ago? you mean Episode 4? No, Episode Episode one. 1, yeah. It's like Phantom Menace. It's like ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you watch it, it's very obvious of green... Sc- you get that green screen feel. Yeah. You're doing this a bit. Not always, but um, it did take me out sometimes. It's also the way... He- we discuss. Well, I'm sure we'll discuss it's, the darkness factor, and I'm glad you said it before. And I don't find it unappro- inappropriate at all now that I've seen it and kind of in the world. The way oh, we have to the way he filtered we, everything also kind of made the green screens more obvious because he did this kind of contrast thing of the people in. being all shiny and perfect with these what were supposed to be more blurry, darker, distant things. That that's when the contrast of it kind of threw me off a little bit. Some what, what we're talking about there because you have no idea what we're talking about was um some might some people have complained that this movie was too dark, as in not too dark as in uh, theme thematically, too dark as in visually too dark. Like well, the there's ca- some dark themes. Yeah, there it is very dark. <laughs> um, I was expecting it to be super because what I'd heard, and I even got a press release saying um, this Blu-ray is not too dark. It's direct, how the director intended it, so um, you yeah, can't yeah. mark it down for you know you can't say it's too dark. This transfers a mess because it's not like, and it isn't. And I was expecting it to be, ter- but it's not. It, I mean, it is. It's very I've seen dark worse. at times. I've seen worse. Well, yeah, but you're talking about movies that were intentional dark. It is very dark. And I, it would annoy me if I didn't know that ahead of time. It would have annoyed the shit out of me because there are times when I'm going, what is that? I mean, I get it. We want to show us a big sprawling scene and it's nighttime and there wouldn't be lots of light. But come on, it's the 21st century. Let me see it. And stylistically, and what he chose was like... Um, natural lighting. Yeah, an actual, sometimes so natural that it's a, like they're in an underground mm-hmm. kind of room. And Mickey Rock's there, and there's literally like a pinprick of light coming yeah. through the wall, and that's what lights. Well, there's a it. candle lighting. Yeah, yeah, but it's really nothing. So you know, sometimes you can see his face, sometimes you can't. It's you know, there's it no flaming you. torch. It annoys me sometimes. But it's not ninety percent of the movie like I no. was led to believe because I read a review uh, of the visual quality of this Blu-ray that said ninety percent of the movie is shot in the nighttime with no lighting whatsoever. You're just looking at a black screen. That is not true. Maybe at a bad TV. <laughs> not true, yeah. Yeah, you know? it is not true. Um, in fact, a lot of the movie is shot in the light. I mean, yeah. it does have outdoor scenes. It, There's a huge portion that has a lot of darkness. Um, but I kind of liked it because it's kind of creepy, especially that weird maze that they go in and stuff. You know? And when you think about it, 2,000 years ago, if I was standing on a, on a cliff ledge and the sun was going down or coming up, I would not have any cities that were all lit up other than whatever fire was lit up around there was no electricity there was 
that's how I would have seen the world. And I'm not saying, oh, we have to be true to reality or anything, but it just made a certain vibe that I liked. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. One thing I might com- that just dawned on me, if you're watching the 3D version with glasses mm-hmm. on, which makes it darker... Maybe that was what people were complaining Maybe. about. Because in the cinema, they were also complaining that it was too dark. But there again, you're wearing sunglasses in the cinema, and then you're watching a movie. It could be dark in that Yeah, that but case. then he should have compensated like his face did. But um, I didn't have a mega problem with it being dark. Uh, I, I wouldn't have actually mentioned it if I didn't. Mm-hmm. we didn't have that topic on the uh, agenda from just talking about it this week. But... Um, yeah, don't let that overshadow the No, movie. no. <laughs> ah, yeah. get it. So, um, Immortals. Uh, I enjoyed it tremendously, and I think that I'm biased because I want more gods and men story because I don't believe in any gods. And I think that it is an excellent study in just... I mean, this is a this is beyond studying the reality of believing in a god of any kind, but just touching on the theme of faith and believing and not have being hopeless about the fate of mankind therefore you let tyrannical horrible people like this king guy who was i mean if we want to talk dark themes let's just enlighten people you don't want to watch this movie with children or anyone under the age of 18 no it's an it's an r-rated movie on purpose it's not just r-rated it is brutal and not just what you see literally what you see but even when he says things like you know for generations the Her- Heracleans or whatever will be seeing my face, which to me means he's going to go around and like rape every but, yeah, woman yeah, that's what he does for hundreds of miles, yeah. and therefore he's going to plant his seed. And then he mentions that a lot. That's why it was a little apocalypse, apocalypse now to me. Not then he, apocalypse hits, then now. he hits some geezer in the balls, so he can't spread his seed. Not apocalypse now. What am I thinking of? Apoc- the other one. Apocalypse. No. Marlon Brando. That's apocalypse now. Was it? Yes. Where well, he goes crazy in the jungle at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's Apocalypse Now. Right. Seen it about 35 times, that movie. I must have only ever seen it twice. No, I've seen it many times. I've seen it twice, I'm saying. Right. So, that's it's, what I'm it's thinking. It's very memorable. He's trying to pull that vibe of, I've gone nuts, I'm the king, and I will literally kill, maim, destroy anything that gets in my way. And you don't even know what his objective is, other than he's pissed off at the gods. Or in people's belief in a god of any kind. So he's just going to destroy everything. So it kind of taps into my thing in my brain of, as humans, I don't have any faith in anything. But I believe in believing in what we can achieve while we're here. So if you give up and say, oh, whatever. The dictators of the world who want to burn and kill and rape everything. Just let them do it. Because we're all going to die anyway. Like, we can't do that. We have to have some sort of, um, what do you call it? Like a... A control factor, I guess, which is what believing in being good is about and doing treating each other with respect and following the rules and keeping in line. Otherwise, we have chaos. And for some people, that's gods and religion. That's what this movie makes me think of. And he's definitely... Maybe I elevate it a bit, but that's what it puts in my mind. He's definitely a good bad guy anyway. Oh, my God. I mean, it is some bad horrible. Stuff. Oh, my God. So, so moving on to the cast, um, Henry Cavill plays Theseus. Uh, we're going to see him as Superman in an upcoming. He's the new Superman. Um, I think he does a really good job Very here. good. And it's first... I don't really know him that much. Mm. I mean, this is kind of like... The scene with the... With the at that point, that was really good. Um, so, yeah, I think he does a good job. He's super ripped, <laughs> so he'll be a good Superman. Um, Frida Pinto plays Phaedra. Phaedra? Um, 
She's a Bollywood actress from uh, Mumbai. Um, she's really good. I think a really good choice. Oh, um, yeah. Very good. I mean, the director is also a, uh, a Indian uh, director. So, um, But she is the only Indian um, actress, isn't she? Or actor, even. Don't know. We don't hear everyone speak. Um, but, yeah, she's really, really good. Because I'm not also not familiar with her so it's better than oh, just I believe some, we've seen her in something I think so too but yeah. you know like uh, just some Hollywood starlet that we've seen a billion times I think it was a good choice oh absolutely uh, Mickey Rock plays King Hyperion um, like I say it's Mickey Rock it's Mickey Rock yeah although there are moments where he, he does tap in he has the a best outfit in the entire movie <laughs> the helmet he has this weird helmet that's like teeth you wonder it looks like it would be from a skull of some type, it's, but then you wonder. It's what, really cool what is design, that? though. Like when it when you see it close up, it's kind of like spray painted gold on the end of the. It looks really Teeth. cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, have a close look at it uh, when you're watching the movies. It, as soon as you walked in with it, and it's kind of got um, yeah, Batman ears, like a lobster or something on top of it. I, it. That's what it reminded me of. The shape. of Oh, it, and right? then the the deleted scene makes the beginning makes sense then. The the deleted the alternative beginning because he explains why Hyperion is how it yes, is. Yes, he does crabs. Yeah, that's oh, what it, and I just yeah just realized to eliminate that from the from the beginning. No, that's what it is. Yeah, that would that is what it is because it's as it is, he's just a brutal. The helmet's based on a crab, then isn't it? The, <laughs> exactly. The now that thing. we think yeah. about it, uh, duh. Yeah, but it's cool. It's a really cool helmet. <laughs> One of the best costume but things I've seen. He's a horrific uh, bad guy. I mean, uh, good at being a bad guy. Luke Evans plays Zeus. We saw him last week in uh, The Three Musketeers. I uh, like him. I really like him, too. Um, I do. Uh, Unfortunately, n- I want... When someone has a moment when they're supposed to... When their anger and their rage and they're having a moment, it needs to pierce into me to where I'm either intimidated or roused up or whatever, and he gets he so close... But then he does it, like, twice. And I, I like that. Like, that he really... Yeah, and he plays Zeus the god, so, and he wears the fancy gold out, one of the fancy gold outfits. Uh, they're like designer gods, aren't they? they got really nice... So everyone outfits. has always envisioned them, so... Yeah, like, high-end, like, yeah. like the, the top of the chain of everything. Like. like, they're so hedonistic and self-involved that they'd cover themselves in gold and... In fact, for all the things this director does to visually make this different to other tales of Greek mythology he portrays the gods looking over the perch as you've seen it in every other movie it's almost the same perch Is that, and that yeah. was one thing where I was like no don't do something completely different with that we understand Even that the gods Gordon was in the clouds yeah we understand <laughs> that the gods look down from the mountain but don't literally put the gods on top of the mountain. And he did. And I thought, if one person was not going to, it would be this guy. Because right. he's got such a visual, like, he would have changed it up, but he didn't. And it was almost like watching Clash of the Titans. It was like the same set. I was like, oh. Very close. Except for the map from the Clash of the yeah. Titans. That was cool. Of the yeah, world. but it was so close. It was like, uh, or the video game that I played recently. Correct. Literally looked the same. Um, so John Hurt plays Old Man. Mm-hmm. It's... Basically a narrator for the story, sure. front and back. Um, wasn't Ian Fashel Titans as a narrator? I don't remember. He might have been. 
front and back narrator. No, I think you're thinking of Anthony Hopkins from Alexander. Anthony Hopkins from Alexander, yeah. It's, it's, oh, I can read your mind. It's That's a tale as old as time having an old man who narrates the whole thing. <laughs> you want to sing your song again? Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so, um, Is it funny that I knew you were thinking of Anthony Hopkins and Alexander? Yeah, so we got Stephen Dorrith, finally, as Stavros. I liked him. Yeah, he I was the, generally the don't like him that much. The tiniest bit of elevated humor, just the tiniest yeah. bit, and it was enough. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this movie is pretty much humorless apart from him, and it's also if he had a hundred percent scale of humor <laughs> and hundred percent was being super funny, it'd be about seven percent. I mean, it's kept to the very littlest. Exactly. Like uh, that guy in Three Musketeers last week oh. would be a hundred and fifty percent. He was like really over the top. He wasn't funny. No, but I mean, he was trying to be right over, right. Right over the line. Yeah, let's um, not mislead people. He was not funny. So this is directed by Tarsim Singh, who also directed The Cell, which uh, I think is a very underrated movie that if I you've agree. not seen, you should go and watch. Visually arresting, definitely. We watched it on the theater. It's not for everyone, so I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. No. It's, it's challenges you a little bit. It's, it's not super deep or anything. But no, but visually, yeah. you will not see anything like it. I think it's visually more interesting than this movie because it is a unique thing rather than a t- retelling something, you know? Yes. Because it really is unique. Nothing like it. It's bizarre. And the images in the cell, and I saw it more than ten years ago, are still in my mind. Yeah. Which is... And it looks good. looks beautiful. Yeah, it does. Uh, so, yeah, I think you should visit that movie again if you haven't. Um, also, brutal. There are brutal, horrible things, so don't... Watch it with your kids hanging around. So, <laughs> so Blu-ray extras on God, this if I see, If you see that from a distance, it's fucking Gladiator, man. That's why I don't like that cover. It's the same as Gladiator. He's just standing there. So, um... Does 300 look the same? With all these dudes. No, 300's like got a close-up of the mask. It's That's it. That's cool. a good one, yeah. Um, so, there is, and it goes... It says on the front of the uh, cover... Over an hour of extra content, including an alternate beginning and two alternate endings. And that is true. What was the other alternate ending? So the... the um, We didn't watch them both, did we? No. They were slightly, from the description, almost the same thing. Um, so, you get It's No Myth <laughs> featurette. And how many times have we seen that featurette? Mm. Where so-called experts... Oh, God. Say talk nothing. about something that didn't exist. Say nothing. Yeah, really. They say nothing. They say the same shit that you and I could say. We've seen about. it on lots of movies. Uh, in Time had had one of those. Um, it could be. It's like this. Uh, and under my under my face is a little description that I've taught every class of every kind of mythology ever in every every university ever existed. Right? I'm the expert. Uh, yes. Um, for 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 thousands of years, mankind have have told stories, <laughs> and mythology is just another retelling of the tales of mankind. And this story. This <laughs> it's like, yes. And this director is telling the story. Would you please tell me who originally wrote down who the stories? No, they don't tell you anything factual. (laughs) So it's no myth. You've seen it a million times. It's this. A little boring. Yeah, it really is. Um, And then there's like a featurette split into four parts or a feature. Um, Carav. I don't know how you say it. Caravaggio. Caravaggio meets Fight Club, Tarsum's Vision. Um, Now it's split into Tarsum's Vision. Stunts, special effects, and the score. So it's a fly on the wall, 
uh, not really fly no. on the wall. It's produced. Very produced. But I do think, and, and the Tarsum's vision section was pretty good because you do get to see him on set and how yeah. he interacts with people. And uh, he seems, like you said earlier, very efficient. He knows what he wants. Enthusiastic. And they also talk about this new technology that's actually a technology that was invented on Avatar, but it's come further. And now he can, because it's a big green screen production, he can look in the viewfinder and they can put... As they're acting, he's got one screen that's got the green screen in them, and then his other monitor has the actual background that will be in the movie with the actors doing their scene. So, he, so see, the problem in the past, they said, was when you've got your camera operator, your DP guy trying to frame shots that he doesn't 100% know where things will be. This way, he does. So he can frame shots on the fly instead of them having to mess with it afterwards. Which is cool, because like like you say, if you want to get... If if it's a shot of the sky and he wants the moon right in the middle, but there is no sky or moon, how do you get that exactly right? Like You just put it wherever you want. Not mean compared with the people, if you've got people in the shot. If there's no place to put... Yeah. Yeah, so like that solves all those problems, they said, and it's pretty cool... You know, mm-hmm. in another 10 years, they won't need a green screen. <laughs> right. You know well, you're going to need something to mask what's, what you don't want. I think want it'll get so... Um, I think, obviously, they'll go further, won't they? I bet, I bet the green screen goes away. I bet they can just mat- mask it onto anything. Uh, I don't know about that, but... Um, so, because the green screen's got to be inconvenient. You've got to put that thing up. It, sometimes it's got to be... Humongous. Yeah. Remember on Planet of the Apes, on Rise of the yeah. Planet of the Apes, it is massive. Like, it, imagine having to even deal with that logistically, all that material and... Well, it's not always material. They can paint anything painted, green. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and you can buy cans of paint now that yep. are that actual colour. I've seen them. So there's an alternate opening and alternate endings. I don't really like the alternate no. opening and the alternate ending. Although the alternate opening does explain a little bit more about the bad guy. It does. That it- and it's a huge amount of movie. Absolutely. It's a whole section with the young um, Theseus. Theseus. Literally, like, they cut this entire kid's performance out of the movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, it lasts five minutes, probably. It's pretty... It- it is it's unnecessary. It is unnecessary. Which is why it's cut out. However, it would give you a little bit... If you don't get the feeling of sympathy for Theseus at all, through a couple of things in the movie, you should, or you're heartless. But if you haven't, then this just sort of should reinforce it a little bit. Then there's deleted scenes, a bunch of them. And then there's the Immortals, Gods and Heroes graphic novel. Now, it's the whole graphic novel, which is kind of interesting. Um, but... We were watching it on a... How big? 104 inch. 104 inch projection (laughs) screen. And the text (laughs) in this comic book... It was so small, I would have had to stood up and go up to the the wall. It's very, very small. And it can't be zoomed in on. Um, And you can't watch it. It's exactly the same on the PC. It's just on the Blu-ray. It's not like a file. Um, So if you're watching it on anything smaller than what we're watching it on, you're screwed. I don't know how you would read it. I don't know how you would read it. Because we're watching it in the best scenario It's not animated or voiced over or anything. It just is for you to read. Right. The the, the art looks cool. Maybe that's the idea. You just get interested. Yeah. Yeah, Because you can see all the art just fine. It's just the words in the bubbles are really small. Ah, Screw the words. Like you say, stories are relevant. So... (laughs) In conclusion, on Immortals, I enjoyed it. I think thoroughly. it's a watch for sure. Um, 
Like it made I me say, cringe because there's some gruesome things. There's some cool fight scenes that I don't normally love fight scenes, but the thing with the chain when it yeah it oh yeah there's some, some there's gore gore a, a plenty like CG gore. I would like it. more gritty gore for this type. It's very CG. I want to go grit next time we yeah. we have a sandal and sword movie. I feel in in this there's not an ounce of real blood. It's all CG oh, blood. So it's like well no. There's a couple times. Yeah, real, really small amount. I mean, it's it's not like your old like let's throw buckets of blood at people and make them look, you know, like yeah. It, it's literally like you can tell it's computer generated, but given that it's really, really detailed. When somebody's getting like I don't know, like ripped in half, really close yep. to the screen, you can see the insides of the person Correct. really close up. So it is cool the way they did. Well, we're hoping that's CGI. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think extras get paid enough for that. So, um, in conclusion, yeah, I give, I say give it a watch. I say watch it, it is a good uh, bot. You have to have a strong stomach, and you have to sometimes fight a little bit of the cheese factor. A little bit. Um, so, thanks to Fox for the Blu-ray. There's also a digital copy included, by the way. I think there always is nowadays, though, isn't there? Um, so, if you want to go and enter a contest to win The Descendants on DVD, go to com. You can win that. Uh, next week's review will be... Extremely loud and incredibly close. A Oscar-nominated movie from this year. Tom Hanks and Sandra Bullock. I'm looking forward to seeing it because I actually don't know what it's about. Mm-mm. It's one of those ones that I... Have you seen a clip from it? Because I nope. haven't. No, that even one. at the Oscars, they managed not to show a clip. Nope. So, um, yeah, very excited to see something I know nothing about. Me too. Um, so, yeah, that's that one. What movie was it this year we saw that I didn't even know what we were watching London at all? Boulevard. Nope. I knew the name of that one before we started. Drive. I had no clue whatsoever. Which was Sitting in the chair, probably the best movie of this year, last year. It comes on. I had no... Nothing. It was as if I just walked in a movie theater and said, just what, send me in a theater and show me a movie. I had no idea. Actually, I have nothing about that one either. I mean, we know we're watching it. That's yeah. all. I don't. I know nothing. And I'm not going to look into it at all. So, um, what do we do at this time in the podcast? A quiz? Usually. But today... Is the end of an era. There will no longer be write that line. I know it was great while it lasted. It was a quiz. Yeah. It was a quiz where we came up with movie lines that were iconic, and then I'd say one of us would say it, and we had to guess if we said it correctly or not. We're going to end that, and we're, we're going to move on up, to a new game. We're going to come up with a new game, and we thought we could have some input from listeners, maybe. We did? You well, did. I did. <laughs> send, send, send me an email. If you have a, a game that would be suitable for this, uh, see, I like my. I think we should modify our regular game that we've played all these years. We can modify it. We oh, we, we can come up with one, but oh. it's it's not. You want me to say what it is? Uh, no, yeah, it's not. Um, people can send emails. We'll have a look. If there's right. one that's better than our idea, we'll use it. But you, your idea is, yeah, we already have a game. Didn't we do that before we did this? No, we didn't ever do it. It is we would. It takes about three hours to get to my mother's house, and before we had all of our gadgets and things that we and serious radio, we'd had to actually talk to each other while we were driving. And one game that we would play to pass the time was, for example, I would say, name ten Tom Hanks movies. No sequels allowed. And then you would just have to take your time to think up ten movies. We had no internet, no nothing. You had to just think up. And while it sounds easy, then you might say something like, uh, name seven movies that feature a volcano. 
Give me five movies that have big rig trucks as a main theme. You it know, is a good like game, that. but we'd have to abbreviate it just oh, for yeah, time. Yeah. I was thinking like three movies that blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's it. And then if you couldn't think of it, then you lose. Or, and our thing was, I w- you would have to, as the person asking the question, of course, have a, a list of movies in your own mind. Yes. But we didn't always. We'd just rattle it off, and then then we'd start going, oh, I don't even know what 10 movies starring Brad Pitt before he got famous or anything like that, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's a good one. Um, it's actually the bet if you want to play that game in your car, it's best if you really don't have a cell phone. In yeah, it. don't even look it up. Just yeah, get it from your brain. Just, just you have no access. Like, that's why it was good for us in the car, because we, we had no way of looking anything up. So you just have to rely on your own. It's fun. It passes time, and you dig up movies, I swear, that you forgot that you even saw. Because you start going, hmm, all Brad Pitt movies. Hmm, all Brad Pitt movies. And then you really start flashing them all through your brain. I think it's just um, it's a fun game. So that's my... In- Do I need to email that to you officially as my suggestion? No. So movie recommendations for this week. I am going with, and this is not a movie... It's the God of War trilogy of games on, oh the, on the PS3. We're venturing out. Um, I think the God of War trilogy is one of the best um, Greek mythology stories, even though it's a made. It uses Greek mythology in a original story. I think it's one of the best ones in better than any film I've seen. And you and saw the Titans the, are awesome. You saw the final chapter of God of War. On the a, Titans are really awesome. It looks, it looks, it's amazing. It, I mean, but the story itself is really good. It's a, it's a revenge story, but it's, uh, it's, it's almost like this story. Mm-hmm. Very similar, but it involves bigger um, scope. Yeah, yeah, bigger scope. So it's but not real, bigger, bigger scale because you're saving humanity. No, uh, but it does. It involves every throughout the three games. It involves every god. Everybody you know from Greek mythology makes an appearance at some point. Um, it's really a fun... I wish they would make a movie out of it and do a decent movie out of it. Um, and my other one is Clash of the Titans and not the one from last year <laughs> or the year before. The one from the 60s, um, which I still think is a very good movie to this day. I know the animation. <laughs> it was groundbreaking at the time and today it looks a bit weird. But the story, you know, is a good telling of a... Greek mythology story. So which are yours? Mine are, one of mine is not a movie either. It's Xena, Warrior Princess television show. I think that, I mean, Hercules was okay too, but I always enjoyed Hercules, Xena. Hercules, Hercules. Yeah, I always enjoyed Xena more, and in fact, I should just seek that out on uh, Netflix after I'm done it is on the- all of Star Trek. Um, it's really awesome. I mean, it is creative, it's funny, it's cheeky, and it tells the stories. It's always a tale of humanity, and there's lots of complexity in there. I mean, it's really good. Sam I, Raimi. I really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, what's her name? Lucy. Lawless. Lucy Lawless. Um, I think um, Bruce Campbell's in there too, right? Yes. He is, yeah. As is his brother. Yeah. Um, not his brother. Sam no, Raimi's, Raimi's brother. brother. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and my other one is, I forgot what it Ted was Ramey. already. Ted oh, the movie called Oh God. Now, if you remember this from I do remember. late 70s or early nine, early 80s, <laughs> late 70s or early 90s, <laughs> George Burns plays God and he uh, comes to talk to John Denver, who is sort of a disenfranchised, down on his luck, shitty job, struggling in his marriage kind of guy. And if I watched it today, I might change my mind. 
But at the time, it was absolutely revolutionary to me as a young person. Because here is God, a yep. dude, an old man, in an old man's cap. And he's not anything. He's not all those things I'd learned my whole life. I mean, as a movie, yeah, I don't care about that. I mean, my mind still is a young person. The impression was there. He's just a dude. He mentions that people have told tales about him and this is, uh, people got this wrong and got that wrong. And it really made a huge impression on me. I don't know why, but I think uh, like it's Bruce a fun to go back and look. God is uh, Morgan Freeman, just in a suit. Just a dude, mop <laughs> of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't a new idea once Bruce no, Almighty no, no, got no. out of it. No. no, but those are my recommendations. All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff this week. We've been playing a couple of games, not too many, but I've been playing Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City. And you would think, because I am a massive Resident Evil fan, that that would be the best week ever for me for gaming. Um, just let me warn you listeners that the game is poo. Oh, no. Poop. Poop. Why? It's just a really bad game. Um, Unfortunately, it, shared, it has the Resident Evil name in it. It's a 360 game and a PS3 game. Really? I played it on the 360. It's the one that's been hyping up for months now about you will be playing as the Umbrella Corporation for the first oh, time. yeah, yeah. Um, it's just badly implemented game. It's really buggy. The graphics are not very good. Um, it's three hours long at, at that. At maximum, maybe five hours if you play it on Suck hard. It. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just not very good. It doesn't deserve not the same, is it? Doesn't deserve the Resident Evil name. It wasn't made by the people who make Resident Evil. It's a Capcom game, but it was a different. It's a new, you know, it's a spin-off. Spin-offs mm. don't always work. This time, it did not work. I played two or three missions. It di- didn't. I thought maybe it'll get better. It didn't. But you finished it. I didn't actually get to the end end. There are separate missions. It's not really a story that goes all the way through. It's like, here's a segment of this, here's a segment of that. You do see people... It takes place between... It takes place in Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, around that time period. So you do see people you encountered in those games... You played as in those games. Um, But you know what? This is what I thought. Every time I saw one of those people, when I saw, like... Chris Redfield. Let me guess what you're going to say. You wanted to be them. No. Oh. <laughs> I, I saw Chris Redfield and I thought, Chris, what are you doing in this shitty game? <laughs> That's what I thought every time. So it was cool to see those people, but uh, I wish they would have just you exit cheap, stage cheapened them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why are you in this game? Just be in those games that we fondly remember. Don't even... How much did they pay you to be in this game, right, Chris yeah. Redfield? <laughs> So no fictional Chris Redfield. So if you're a Resident Evil fan, you've probably already picked it up. But if you are a Resident Evil fan and you haven't picked it up, I say just it's a rental at best. You know, just pick it up at um, GameFly or just something. Just to be a completist. Yeah, no, it's not good. The other game I've been playing this week, and here's another uh, long-established franchise, is um, Ridge Racer on the PS Vita. Um, it's a it's an this is a really weird one, because every console launch, especially Sony, there's a Ridge Racer game on hand. It's it's like a tradition. When the PlayStation 1 came out, it launched with Ridge Racer. PlayStation 2 came out, launched with Ridge Racer. PlayStation 3 came out, it launched with Ridge Racer 7. The Vita came out, it launched with Ridge Racer. It's just called Ridge Racer, this one. It's not a remake of Ridge Racer, it's a new Ridge Racer, but... 
it's only for the fans. And I am a fan, so I don't mind... I didn't mind, but if you're anything but a fan of Ridge Racer, you're going to hate this game. Because it's it only has three racetracks. That's three racetracks. It only has five cars. How, many, that, how many of these things should there be? For right. a non-gamer Previous person. Ridge Racers. Ridge Racer 7, the latest Ridge Racer. Probably, I would say it has 20 cars and 12 or 13 tracks. Okay. This has three and five cars. Okay. Now, you, you would say, well, that's all right. I like Ridge Racer. Three tracks and five cars. I can race around those three tracks in those five cars. Yes, you can. But there is no single player mode at all. None. No campaign mode. None. Nothing. So when you launch this new Ridge Racer on the main screen, there's multiplayer, where you go online and race other people. Um, and I will tell you now, you have to be good to compete in that. I'm good at Ridge Racer. I self-declare that I am very good in Ridge Racer. So I can, I can play online and actually get first place every so often. If you are not familiar with Ridge Racer, you will be destroyed. So that won't be any fun for you. Secondly, there's a time attack. Which it, you can download a ghost from the internet. Like, say I did a really good time, I can upload my ghost. Well, you can download my ghost and race against it. So you can do that. And third, there is a spot race, it's called, where you race against AI. And I can win them every single time, so it's kind of boring. Because, like, every single race I win. What's the point? So what was your? what's the appeal of Ridge Racer, then? That, that is le- this is letting you down? Well... For me, it hasn't let me down because it it looks awesome. It's on the Vita, so it's like the latest graphics, the latest version of Ridge Racer. And when I say it has three tracks, that is not strictly true. It actually has six tracks. um, And the other three are DLC. Mm. Now, if you buy... buy, I bought it this week. If you buy it in its launch window in the first month, you get these other three tracks free. There's a code with it. If you don't, you have to buy them. I don't know how much they are, but it's kind of... It's kind of lame. You know what? The boys up in those uh, boardrooms need their asses kicked. Um, I didn't pay any extra for them because I got in the launch window. But if you don't, you're going to end up buying these tracks. You can play all the tracks in reverse mode where you just yeah. race them reversed. But that's not like a new track. It's just reversed. It is the first time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Um, so this very it's a real flimsy game. I mean, it looks amazing. It sounds amazing. There's loads of music. There's you think like it's six... just a vehicle to start doing all downloadable content kind of thing? Yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't... A vehicle. Yeah, I wouldn't um, mind that with a Ridge Racer because it, it does work perfectly because they, they can give you music tracks to download for it, which they have done on this one all for free. 60 music tracks in this game. All taken from previous Ridge Racers, so all the songs that you know and love, basically. They're all free. You can have all those, even if you don't buy it in the launch. But wouldn't you rather have downloadable uh, single-player missions and stuff? I would have liked a career mode. I mean, a a racing game without a career mode seems odd to me. It's really odd, because I do sit at the the start menu and I go... First thing I do is go, right, I'm going to go through the career races and, and beat it and unlock all the cars. Well, there isn't that, so... How do you unlock all the cars? Well, you don't have to. They're all there. So, so I mean, they just cut out that whole part. It's almost like there's no incentive to play it unless you're like Ridge Racer. Because there's no, oh, you're doing awesome, here's something to unlock. Because everything's unlocked at the beginning because there isn't anything. There's three, three tracks and five cars. That's all there is. 
So if they lock some of those cars away, you'd be starting with one car. They're kind of like, what the hell is this game? So I don't know if I'm a fan of the model of it, and I don't know if it's because the Vita came out and they didn't finish this game in time or something. The way to the way to fix it, Namco, if you're listening, and you're not, is to... We don't know that. DLC a career mode into the game. For free. You have made <laughs> seven Ridge Racer games. They've got so many tracks that they've already made that are in those games that they can just put into this game. Why would you want to do that? Better than only having... F- th- you know, yeah, but then you would say, I've already played these tracks. Yeah, but these tracks, the three that you get, are from previous games. Oh, you games. didn't say that. There's nothing not new. new. Right. There's nothing new in this game. Oh, it's just a vehicle, again, to get your money. It's a really good game. It plays well online. If you like Ridge Racer, you'll love it. If you're a Ridge Racer fan, you've already bought it. So, like, they should have just called it Ridge Racer Online. And that leave it at that. So that, that is, is what they should have done. Just what it is. It should have been Ridge Racer Online. It should have been free. And then... The DLC, buy, stuff buy if tracks you if you want to. Buy groovy things Ex- for your cars if you want. Yeah. I think that's how they should have done it. I think, they, I think they ran out of time and they had to get it out with the Vita and it ended up as it is. You seem to like that other um, driving game better. Motorstorm yeah. RC. Yeah. Which is a free game on the, the one you've been playing? Free on the Vita. Fireman, dude. That one? The yeah. Fireman? Yeah, Motorstorm RC, which is a free racing game on the Vita that came out last week. And... It's completely free. You get... I think you get 50 tracks in that game, and it's a free game, right? And there is DLC in that game, but none of it is necessary. It's just new skins for cars. You don't need to buy them. That's the way to do a game. Ridge Racer kind of like... I don't know what they did. I love Ridge Racer. I've been playing it every single day. I probably will for the... Funnily enough, my PSP. I've had it a long time. The only game that's permanently installed on it is Ridge Racer, the first game that I ever got for it, and I still play it. So this one is like a must-have for me. I always go back and play it, and because it does have online racing. Yeah, but you don't get better or add to your anything. You do. Um, you get money, mm-hmm. and you can uh, go up on the leaderboards, and you can buy upgrades for your car, like boosts and stuff. But I've actually unlocked it all now because I've played enough. So all it is for me now is getting more money. I have more money than somebody else. Which, I'm just in it to play for the cool racing because I'm good at it and I like it. So that's Ridge Racer. Uh, and the other game I've been playing this week on the PC is Angry Birds Space. I'm not a mega Angry Birds fan. You all know what Angry Birds is. <laughs> Even you know what Angry Birds yep. is. Um, it's on every platform. Even that, I know what it is. It's on every platform known to man, every cell phone, every tablet. Every computer. Yeah, I think it's installed on this bottle of beer. I think so, too. <laughs> and this is the... Well, there's been sequels, but this is a, another sequel, the new one, and it's in space. Uh, the difference is there's zero gravity on some of the levels, so when you throw a bird, you don't necessarily know where it's going. Makes things more tricky. I recommend it. It's very cheap. Uh, it's actually... It's f- cheap. Cheap, 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 cheap. It's actually free if you've got an Android phone, because it's sponsored by Android or whatever. So if you've got an Android phone, you can just get it for free. But um, on the other platforms, it's less than $5. There's hundreds of levels. You can sit and play it for hours. It is a good good value, you know? Um, but it's more Angry Birds. But the twist is they work with NASA on these physics. Um, and they use actual planetary data in the background, which is kind of interesting. You have to see it to understand it, but there's actual... It's not enough. 
No, it is pretty good. There's not enough to give me incentive, though. If you're an Angry Birds fan, mm. I think it's the best way they could... Because I said to you, there's not much to Angry Birds, and this is a way to make it more to it, you know? And uh, nothing else I played this week, but on Tuesday of next week, uh, which would be, what, the uh, 27th of March... Ridge Racer Unbounded comes out. A new Ridge Racer game on the Xbox 360 and the PS3. But you just talked about Ridge Racer. I talked about Ridge Racer Vita. Ridge mm. Racer Unbounded is a completely different Or we've animal. called it Ridge Racer Online. Um, yeah, so Ridge Racer Unbounded on Tuesday. Um, talk about that one next week when I've played it. I think there'll be, that'll be a completely different story to tell. Yeah. Because it is not the Vita version. Uh, so Sinto, what's for dinner? What's for your dinner? Because I've already eaten today. Are you is takeaway from India's house in the town near us. It's fantastic. It's delicious. Indian restaurant. Yes, it is super fantastic. I'm very hungry. When I eat the vegetable korma, I'm like in Zeus. I'm with Zeus in the heavens because it makes me super happy. So I brought you some of that, <clears throat> and I'll be having a vegetable samosa because I did eat earlier. I'm pretty. All right. Plus, I'll be going to bed shortly. I'm not good at all. I'm very hungry. (laughs) I bet you are. Yeah. Um, What else do I have? Well, first of all, today I went to that town and I delivered the painting for my niece. She drove from... In the what's for dinner bit. Black bean... Oh, yeah. The black bean brownies that I made from the happy herbivore cookbook that you... Black bean brownies. Right. They're from the happy herbivore cookbook that you gave me for Christmas. It's all vegan food. And you discovered this black bean brownie recipe it is literally a can of black beans rinsed two bananas a little bit of sugar a little bit of agave a little bit of vanilla cocoa powder uh cocoa powder but you can that's optional which i i'm not sure that it would be that no, good I like without it, it. With it. Yeah. um a couple of other ingredients uh that's it Blend. Uh, a little bit of oatmeal a quarter of a cup you are supposed to put in the blender or the food processor so it's really smooth now I use the mixer, so there's some whole beans still in there. You smash it that down in your baking pan. You bake it for 25 minutes, and it's ama- it's amazing. I said to you last night, we ate it with some um, vegan ice cream. Um, tofuti. Tofuti ice cream, um, you know, and a, and a brownie. Um, and I said to you, if you hadn't said, I would not know there's any beans in this. Yeah, and you don't put it oil in like it. It doesn't like beans at you all. You don't add oil. Nothing. No. It's like It's got amazing. a sticky brownie consistency. Yep. It goes well with ice cream. It's not fattening, really. It's. I mean, the beans are got a lot of calories. Yeah, but, but it's more... It's not the bad kind. Now that I think about it, I can make some really good like energy bars with that. Just add some nuts, add some raisins, bake it, and then you'd have some really good... I do like, think chocolate chips would be, be good. Really because when you bite into a bean, that's my mind is thinking it's either like a chunk of chocolate and yeah. it... Because there's cocoa, there's enough cocoa to like. Even some white chocolate. It's just amazing. Might be good. There's loads of stuff. Give it butterscotch chips in there. Put some peanut butter in it. I mean, it's fantastic. Yep. Um, So I love that cookbook, and I also made the uh, tofu frittata, which is just like tofu and mustard, some herbs, and some cooked up onions. It's a really cheap dish. You just put basic stuff in it. Some firm tofu. Smash it all down in a in the pan. Bake it for 30 minutes, and then it gets nice and toasty on the top. And it's like a big pad of 
uh, what do we call it? What's it like? Quiche. Like the filling yeah. of a quiche. Like the filling of a quiche without the pastry bit. Exactly. And it's really... And it was so good cold. Yeah, the, the day fridge. after. It was amazing. Like... Tastes like an omelette the day after. It did. Like a cold omelette. And you could put it on a sandwich. I mean, it'd be awesome. And today, went delivered the painting to my niece. Lovely to see her. She drove two hours for our outing. And we went into a store that's been in this town. It's a college town. Very large college. And... They have a store called Cool Stuff. So if you're in our area, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's like a hippy-dippy store, lots of Buddha stuff, lots of references to comical things, like the thing in my hand. What is this? A giant ink pen. Like, it's about 12 inches long, 13 inches long. That's it works. what she said. It works. And I was joking with my niece that at work, we have these logs. I work in a secure area, and people have to sign in every time. Well, our pins keep disappearing. And I said, I'm jokingly, on when I'm there, I'm going to have this pin laying there, and I'm going to put one of our labels on it. And a little note that says, if you don't want to use this pin, at least don't steal the little one. Just a no, reminder. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to steal that. And everything was half off or way off, so it was like a dollar. So I was happy about that. I'm not happy about the store closing because it's one of those iconic college kind of places that I think they had everything for sale. The fittings, the tables, the shelves, they had yeah. price tags on everything. You know that it's going when that happens. Yeah, and the owner guy was there and he was kind of like overly friendly and boisterous. I think he was having lots of emotions because the sale started today. So, you know, but that was really fun. Um, also found, because we haven't liked tempeh that we have tried the last couple of times. We've tried seven grain tempeh and soybean tempeh. This one is garden veggie, or yeah, garden veggie. So it's like peppers and onions and carrots made into tempeh. What that is, it's sort of a fermented. All tempeh has been gross so far. It has been gross. Uh, so I'm hoping, I'm I'm determined though, like to try it. And if you know, you're supposed to be able to cut it into pieces. Excuse me, stir fry it. Um, you sh- this I think would be good if you get a batter to stick to it and then fry it, so you'd have like chicken nuggety like things. Like a fish finger, isn't it? Exactly. If you're um, a listener and you've managed to make tempeh taste good, <laughs> yeah. let us know. Some people say it's for their entire life as a vegetarian or vegan, they have either loved it, their spouse loves it and they hate it, or vice versa. There's no getting over we it. We both hate it. It's just... Yeah. Kind of gross. Alcoholy. It's, like it's, smelly. it's yeah. fermented. I mean, we can't really complain. It would well, be, again, it would be I like, like pickle, I like pickled things. Yeah. But that so is kind of weird. Just, but so we'll see. We'll try that out sometime. You know what it tastes like to me, tempeh? It's like a granola bar that's been stuck in vinegar. Yes, that's been gone bad. Yeah. It's gone bad. And it's kind of slimy a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's gross. And that doesn't sound appetizing. <laughs> no, but people love it. People love it. And then um, I also we also took her to this art gallery place. It's called the Artlandish Gallery. It's like a place where you can buy art. All almost all handmade. Some things are prints, and they've made some. Like an, a poet might put all of his own poems in his own little hand printed book and stuff like that. Um, lots of repurposed items. If you know what that is, it's people who take old watches, break them apart, and then take the innards and put a pin on it. Oh, or yeah. Earrings, you know that kind of thing. Now this T-shirt that I put on. And I'm a large lady, right? I'm an extra, extra large lady. I'm telling you, though, as an extra, extra large lady in life, if you've never been a large extra, person, extra large. I do 2XL. Yes, I do. Really? Absolutely. 3XL. Your t-shirts are smaller than mine. This is XL, which I'm shocked fits me, but I was determined. I looked through the whole pile, and what this lady does is she she gets used t-shirts to do her, I think it's silk screening. I'm not sure. It's like stained with the person's face, a drawing that she did on it. 
She had a whole big pile of them, 12 bucks, and it fits, and it's really soft, and I just love being able to support art people. I like art, obviously. And let's see, uh, it's the Art Boutique Jewelry by, oh, it's a man, Lawrence Lahote. I think that's how you say his name. That's the smallest business card I've ever seen. It's not a business card, it was the tag. Oh, okay, okay. It's also repurposed. You can tell it's a piece of card from something else that he has mm-hmm. turned into his tag. So I love that. And what else did I buy? I bought some cards. I bought a um, painting uh, collage. Thing. What? The plaque that we have yes. on the wall. Yes. That is by an artist named Lisa Bartlett. She runs the gallery and is part of sort of the art collective or something. in the It's Columbia, Missouri is what we're talking about. Very kind of a thick art life there it's a you know college town studenty lots of art there's a gallery there we also went to the gallery of course art gallery stuff is always very expensive to me but um i bought a couple little watercolors by an artist who made the picture that's on our living kitchen table and there are little watercolors were only like three dollars so i had to buy them picture as in picture that you put jug yeah jug if you're british we, we don't call it picture, so jug if you break And I don't mean a picture that you hang on the wall, because no. that's a P-I-C-T-U-R-E, and this is a P-I-T-C-H-E-R. It's a jug. I always got in the habit of that when I was a girl. I was very snotty about it. It's not a P-I-C-T-U-R-E, it's P-I-C-T-H-E-R. So I got that down pretty fast. Um, and it was her it was handmade ceramic, is the picture we're talking handmade. about. And then this, what is this that I'm holding up for you? It's a, not finished. A Union Jack picture with a hand on it. Yeah, it's not finished yet. It's still in the works, obviously. There's lots to be done to it. But I am making a painting for you to put in your bathroom. Very classy. Use of art. Um, and right My now bathroom's it's, got like a British theme to it. Right, we discussed. It seems inappropriate, but still. It's the best room in the house to colorfully display lots of Union Jack stuff. And I'm working on that still. Do you like it so far? Yes. Is it what you thought of or had in mind? No. You're not a visionary necessarily. So when I describe things to you like I'm going to do this or that, it's like you're, you, your eyes glaze over and your mind is probably going, please wait until it is complete yeah. and then I will be able to see it. You know, that kind of thing. And then I'll tell you if I hate it. Right. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, great. Not really great. No, I just, I don't know. I drew an outline of my own hand. It's on the top of these kind of crooked cartoony. They're well, not we will perfect. show it to the people in the... Uh, I've been taking pictures of it, so if you want to go to my website, well, we'll, I'll post we'll, a thing about when it. When it's complete, the podcast that we do that week, will put it in the in the comments section. Okay. That would be the they, best way. They're not allowed to go to my website and see what I'm doing? They can, yeah. Okay, it's sidtalk.com. C-I-D-T-A-L-K. You can also see the painting I did for my niece, and then upcoming paintings I'll be doing for my other niece. I'm getting into the painting. It's very fun. It makes me very happy. Very happy. So think, uh, did I get everything? Did, it, did yeah. it? Oh, the other thing oh, was, no, I listened to uh, ecoveegangal.com, ecoveegangal on YouTube, watcher of two things. We're not eco people, we're not vegans or anything, but I mean, in, in time you start realizing, you know, when I go to the cafeteria at work and I get the vegetables off of the hot area, whatever, or I get a baked potato and then I go over here and get an apple and then I go over there and get me some salad... Each of those components, I'm they force you to get a different styrofoam thing for. You're not allowed right. to use one. And I think, well, if I multiply that by four days a week times 52 times a year, multiply that by 2,000 people in that building, it seems so wasteful. It is. So I kind of try to pay attention to those things a little bit here and there. I'm not great at it. We're, we all make pollution and all that kind of shit. Drive a car and we have trash and whatnot. 
However, I was thinking, how do you, could you ever recycle your just normal batteries? And the other day, EcoVegan Gal said, if you go to earth911.com, E-A-R-T-H-911.com, you can put in your zip code and you should be able to find any and all recycling things that are near you of all kinds. Plastic, glass, computer parts, trash. I mean, it lists everything down to like radio shacks that will take your old batteries. I know that Lowe's Things like that. Yep, Lowe's will. The battery places. um, You know, lots of cell phone places will take. And it lists specifically what they'll take. And then I'm, I'm sure even from there you'll be able to find. So if you're interested in that at all, if you have some weird stuff sitting around your house that you think, ugh, I don't want to throw that in a landfill. My trash people won't even take it. What do I do with it? If you're in a bigger kind of area, go to earth911.com. You should be able to find something. And like I said, I got to there from Eco Vegan Gal on YouTube. E C O V E G A N G A L dot com. Eco Vegan Gal. Yeah. Yep. Well, her website's up and down right now because they kind of cut her off because of her usage or something recently. So she's, you know, working that out. But she's on YouTube and she's on Facebook. But that's it for me. Okay. So thanks for listening to the show. I can remind you about our websites, uh, aschoolie.com, sidtar.com. Uh, we've had a bunch of feedback recently. I just want to thank everybody Very much. Who, Very good. who've left feedback. For us. And, Anyone uh, specifically you want to do a shout out to? I can't remember the names. So you want no. to be like Miss Susan and, and <laughs> hold up your, your circle thing and say, and I can see you, John, and you, Cindy, and you, Eric, and you, Elizabeth. Yes. And every week you're like, is he going to say my name? <laughs> is she going to say my name? No. So, uh, I'm it's not romper gonna, room, by the way. Make, this would make a very long <laughs> podcast if I mentioned everybody. If you're an American child, romper room 30, 40 years ago was probably very much in your daily routine. Uh, you can catch us both on Twitter and Facebook and Xbox Live and YouTube, and you can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe using our RSS feed, or just listen to it on the page. We have 216 episodes under our belts, which is more than most podcasts, I think. You know, a lot of podcasts I, I listen to, they've not even got to 100 you or know. they skip around, yeah. you know. Oh, they just we very... only skip for holidays and very special occasions. So you can rely on us. We're very mm-hmm. Now that we've said that, well, like three <laughs> weeks ago, by the way, what the hell? And we'll come back and, well, we were kind of tired. and we uh... Email feedback to me at com. Don't email Sid Talk. And uh, feedback is appreciated. And uh, stay classy, Mr. Mickey Rock. Because that hat you are wearing, I think you should wear that hat just in to, every other movie. To the Academy Awards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or in every other movie <laughs> and the uh, the animal pelt that he was wearing to cover the fact that he wasn't as ripped as all no. the young men no not at all I noticed that quite a few times <laughs> hey man it's like Kirk in the later episode you yeah, gotta give him sick. some slack you know what I'm saying loosen up the uniform a little bit and I am going to say think for yourself if you're not thinking for yourself I'm telling you right now I promise you someone is doing it for you Partying, I thought to myself, what the fuck, what the fuck? All day, all night, all day, all night, all night, all night. Viva la fiesta. Viva la fiesta.
FIFA la noche. FIFA los DJ. I couldn't believe that I was leaving. So I called my friend Johnny. And I said to him, Johnny, la gente está muy loca. Loca, 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 Ka, 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 ka,